0: This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith.
1: Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we are back today with a new topic for you guys. Uh, And again, I'm your host here, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Hello, thanks for being here. If you're new, thanks so much for checking out our podcast on apologetics and how you can have confidence in your faith. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. And again, today we're going to be talking about a single episode topic. one-off, right? Not a series. Kind of like last week, we just talked about Buddhism by itself. This week, we are just talking about the objection, uh, kind of more of a response to the question that a lot of people struggle with or have had at some point in their life, is that if God exists, why doesn't he show himself to me? Yeah. It's a common objection. People say that yeah, a it lot is. of atheists yeah. say that. Yeah, it is, sure. it is. And it's even something that Christians have thought of before too. I, I yeah. thought of that when I was young, that something that can cross your mind is like, why isn't there a, a physical representation to me today or even spiritual or something like, I want God to directly reveal himself to me. Like some people want that, yeah. like that verification. So we're going to talk about that and uh, what that entails today, and we're going to break it down for you guys. But before we get into that, Robbie, you have a coffee tip because this is Christ culture and, and coffee. Yeah, I do have a coffee tip. So this is really interesting. So we've talked on in
0: the past about decaffeinated coffee, right? Yes. The, the bane of our existence. Yes. yes. Uh, it's sludge. Yes, basically. It doesn't taste as good. No. <laughs> um, but we talked about how they decaffeinate beans, and there's like a few different processes on how they do that. So I was looking at things this week, <clears throat> and this was really interesting to me. Um Have you ever thought about once they suck the caffeine out of a bean, what they do with the caffeine? Not at all. I didn't even think that that was a thing. It's a thing, dude. It's like this huge, huge trade. So what happens is um, when coffee manufacturers are taking regular coffee beans because all coffee beans have caffeine in it naturally, they have to take it out. And again, there's a few different processes on how to do that. But what happens is when they take the caffeine out of the beans, it also leaks out some of the oils, which is why it doesn't taste the same, and some of the color of the bean. All right? Okay. So what they do is they take all that out. They take the beans out, and they typically use like a big tank for this. They then um, uh, dehydrate the liquid. They they suck the water out of it, right? Let it evaporate. Okay. And then what is left is caffeine— With coffee oils and color in it. So it's like a brown powder. so weird. Yeah, it's this brown powder substance. It's like pure caffeine. Well, it's almost pure caffeine. Sure, right. After they do that, they collect it all in barrels and they ship it off to a place to take all the impurities out of it. So to take the oils and the color out of it. And then caffeine is just a white powder, uh, basically is what it is grown in coffee beans, they take that caffeine after they've uh, taken all the impurities out and they sell it – to soda companies and energy drink companies, and that's how wow. they get caffeine
1: into soda and energy drinks. It's from coffee. So see, the the coffee companies are making decaf or just ripping you off even more. Now you understand <laughs> they're making so much money off of you buying decaf. Yep. You just just don't give it to them. It's crazy. Yeah. They get you <laughs> twice.
0: They get you to buy the decaf. They get you when you buy an energy drink. They get you when you buy soda. And it's all
1: the same. Wow, is that crazy? They make so much money off so, of one. Yeah, little, that's one insane. thing. But it's
0: crazy because coffee provides caffeine for so, other caffeine. So that's how soda manufacturers beverages. have
1: always like generally gotten their caffeine. Yeah, they put caffeine in it. They wow. put caffeine powder in it. Isn't that's that crazy? crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's really I, interesting. I, that's just something I never thought of. So really. The next time you're drinking a soda, thank the coffee plant. I guess in my head, I always just thought, oh, they just somehow like chemically engineered the caffeine or something like that. I don't know. They they extract it from coffee and then they sell it for soda or for energy. That's crazy. So, wow. That's a very cool fact. It's a cool tip. Yeah. So, that's
0: the coffee tip for today how and what they do with caffeine after they extract it.
1: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Rob. Yeah, that's very interesting. So uh, on to the topic for today, we are, again, covering if God exists, why doesn't he show himself to me, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very important um, thing that we should be discussing because a lot of, like we said before, like a lot of people deal with this question or are faced with this objection from atheists, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the assumption behind this objection is if God would just appear to me or all of humanity, then people would believe in him, love him and follow him. He must not be real because I or we have not seen him, right? That's the main idea. It's that I think people envision this more as like God literally like encompassing the whole earth and showing himself in a way that's indisputable and everyone yeah. is automatically like, I I know you are God, I'm believing and following. Yep. That's kind of where this, this conceived idea is coming from. Yeah, and
0: that's what they're asking for. Yeah, And so how do we as Christians respond to that type of an objection? Mm-hmm. And so we have a few different tactics and a few different ideas on how you should respond to it and uh, what we should think about that kind of a, an ask, that kind right. of a question or objection. Um, but one of the first things that's really important to think about as believers, like because we believe in the Christian God mm-hmm. and God the Father, right? God is not a physical entity. Correct. Scripture is very clear on this. I want to read John 4 23 through 24. Jesus said, But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So according to Jesus, God is a spirit. God the Father is spirit. God doesn't have a physical body. He's not made of matter. So think about this. This is fascinating. When people ask, if God was real, why doesn't he just show himself to me? When they ask for verification like that, they're actually asking for God to do something that is lesser than who he is. Well, that's, that's true. He has to no. manifest himself in the physical, right? They want God mm-hmm. to manifest his body in a physical way they can perceive, but that isn't who he is. So even mm-hmm. by him
1: doing that, they're not seeing who he exactly. is. Exactly. It, it's a misunderstanding of the nature of God. That's really what it stems yes. to. Yes. Uh, with, with most cases of this, with well, this
0: assumption. It's also an assumption, too, that... Everything that's real is perceived
1: by the five senses. Right, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, Because you have to understand that, again, what, like, the The idea here is that they want a physical representation, but that's yes. not in his nature. And they're assuming that that proves that he's real, where
0: at the same time, these people believe in a lot of things. They d- can't see like gravity and the other laws of nature, yeah. and they believe that those things exist, but they literally, they're not seen.
1: I- exactly. And the crazy thing about this is most of you probably would know this, is that God did reveal himself in a physical nature. That's the thing. Yeah, the, that's exactly yeah. it. Like, When did he do that? With Jesus. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Yes, Jesus, and that yep.
1: is how the Trinity works. So see, when you have a more understanding of the nature of God and who God is and understand more in depth, like the fact that he did come and bring a physical representation through his son, yep. then you can understand a little bit more, okay, like maybe God did actually reveal himself to the world. Well, that's the Christian claim, right? Yeah, You got some exactly. scripture on that idea. Yes, I do right here. So we ha- see right here, this is uh, John 14, 6 through 11. Um, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, mm-hmm. and no one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it gets better. It goes on. Uh, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us So see. He asked directly, Mm -hmm. show us, have him reveal himself. Yeah. So then continuing on in verse nine, Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And yet you have not come to know me, Philip. Mm -hmm. He who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. So see, that's the answer. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, like This is literally the question being asked, right? The exact question that people are asking today. Uh, like, show us the father. We want to see the father. We want him revealed to us. And Jesus said, do you not believe that I am in Him and yeah, that He is I'm in I'm the me? representative. I'm Him. You're seeing me right now. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so, and Jesus claimed that if a person had seen Him, they had seen the Father. Yep. Now uh, again, we're not claiming
0: that the second person of the Trinity is the first correct. person of the Trinity. Yeah. They, there's a difference. But He in represents
1: the God, and He came here in a physical way to explain God to exactly. us. Exactly. Right? The whole yep. point was that representation, and that's yep. what we're going after here. Uh, he says something interesting too in verse 11. Uh, he tells the disciples to to trust him that he is in the father and the fathers are in him he says trust me because he's saying he's like look i've been around you guys forever you've seen what i've done mm-hmm. there's evidence in the work that i have produced yes and you should believe in me not just take my word for it look at the evidence there's verification yeah yeah exactly absolutely. absolutely. So he's saying like look i have done these miracles and uh, doing and then not to mention the ultimate miracle of the resurrection of showing course. like yeah. hey this is who i am yep so like the thing is, is Jesus is God revealing himself Himself to us in physical form. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody's been asking for. And the crazy thing is, is you look back in scripture and through his Christian history, he's already done it. He's done it. Yeah, yeah. The thing they want has already happened. Well, so that takes
0: us to, okay, what What do you say? So there's a little background. Right, yeah. What's the tactic you you approach your friend with when they bring this up? When somebody objects to God's existence because of the the claim, if he was real, he would show himself to us, he must not be real then, ask them what their view on Jesus is. Yeah. Because Jesus is claiming to be the very thing they're asking for, God coming and showing himself to us. Now, they may object that Jesus was God, right? They may say, okay, listen, no, I don't believe that. But they need to understand, like, that's our claim, yeah, that Jesus is that. So we're not we're not saying oh you just believe in a magical thing. No, there was verification. He literally came here and that's the Christian claim. Mm-hmm. I also like to ask him, okay, so you you don't think Jesus is God. How would you be able to know if God did come and show himself to you? Like you're asking yeah. for that, you want that's that. A, that's a great How question. How would you know it was God? And maybe not, you know, some bad pizza you ate <laughs> yeah. or a bad dream or a hallucination? How would you know? Right? I think when, when when you press people on this and they think about it, they would say, you know, he'd probably have to do something pretty extraordinary to mm-hmm. show us that he is who he claimed to be. Because I could see sky letters written, and I could dismiss that and be like, "Oh, that's just yeah. happenstance," or that's you know some some airline pilot having some <laughs> yeah, fun right, or whatever, right. you know, but. If somebody came claiming to be God, they would have to verify it by doing something phenomenal. And that's what we have, too, as Christians. This guy did miracles. The resurrection being the greatest miracle, right? Uh, we have witnesses and testimony mm. to this of a whole bunch of people who literally saw this thing happen. And so, objection that that if God was real, he'd shown himself to us. Well, he did come here. Yes. You just won't accept him coming, the very thing you're asking for, you're rejecting. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's very interesting. When you really boil it down, that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, some may object, like you said, like that they don't accept our Jesus argument. And if this happens, we can take a different approach with them. yes, because there's a, there's different ways to approach this. Uh, you can instead say to them. God has appeared to many people, and it did not turn their love and obedience, right? Yeah. There's tons of examples throughout Scripture where this has happened. Yeah, God and, appeared, and and not just yeah. Jesus.
0: The Father manifested Himself. Yeah. And it didn't Actually, earn love and obedience exactly. from people.
1: Exactly, yes. And so we can see here in Exodus 19 uh, that God appears to the Israelites. I'm going to read the passage real oh, quick yeah. where that happens. And that's Exodus 19, 16 through 25. It says... So it came about on the third day when it was morning and there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud opened upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Hmm. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. There it is, to meet God. To meet God. Okay. Yep, right there. That was the goal here. Now, continuing in verse 18. Now, Mount Sinai was... All in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. Mm. When the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Mm. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go down, warn these people so that they do not break through to the Lord to gaze and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord, consecrate themselves or else the Lord will break out against them. Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot go up to Mount Sinai for you warned us saying set bounds about the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, go down and come up again and you and Aaron with you, but do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord or he will break forth upon them. So Moses went down to the people and told them, Okay, so here we have, right, God
0: showing up in a fireball and smoke and earthquaking. and he's talking, right? Yeah, yeah. The next, uh, this is interesting. So the next chapter, uh, Exodus 21, let me read to you Exodus 20, verse 1. It says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, and what he does is he tells them the Ten Commandments. So a lot of people think, like, he wrote them down on tablets and gave them to Moses, and Moses came down and said it. That's not what happened the first time. The first time, God gathered all of the Israelites. They're hearing him speak from the mountain, the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. right? So he gives them the Ten Commandments, and then listen to this. Exodus 20, 18 through 22. All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they trembled and they stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we'll listen, but let not God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. Mm. See that? Yeah. God wants you to know who he is. So you're freaked out and that you won't sin. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Then the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, you yourselves have seen that I have spoken to you from
1: heaven. Yeah. All right. Look at that. Okay. So God showed up. Yeah. He did the very thing. God yes. physically showed up to the Israelites. And yep. that's that's what we're, we're talking about, right? That's the main point in question that we're addressing. And so he spoke audibly to them too. That's a huge point to make. Uh, They not only saw a physical representation through the smoke and the fire, but they could hear thunder and Mm -hmm. trumpet sound uh, of his voice. Yeah, and his voice, yeah. Yeah. And so they were so freaked out by this that they had told Moses that they would listen to him and they should go hear what God has to say and that he could relay it to them Mm -hmm. because they were scared to approach him. Uh, The reason being that they believed that they would die. Right, it's very, very intimidating. So that tells you, like, oh, they definitely saw, like, they were freaked out, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's no question, like, yeah, they had to have been in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Um. So the the thing is, is Moses does what they ask, and he becomes a spokesperson to Israel. That's exactly what we we see here. We can't take this. You do it. Look, I'm going to mitigate this for you guys because you are afraid. Yep. But look at that. See, we see here physical representation, and clearly. The people are afraid, and they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with this right now. Yeah, and so
0: the purpose of all of this, Moses said, was so that they would fear the Lord and they wouldn't sin, right? Exactly. Now, the question becomes this. This group of 2 million Israelites who saw and heard God, the very Mm -hmm. thing that gets asked a lot, did they obey the commands of God? That's the question. Now, if you know the story (laughs) of the Bible... Within the same year, so we're not talking a year after this event. Within the same year, this people group rebels against God, and they disobey him by not going in and conquering the land that he told them to. Yes. They were more—think about this. They were more afraid of the people that were living in the land—that's what they said—than they were of this God that freaked them out so much. So, although God had appeared to them, and they heard him audibly speak, that event— was not enough to ensure their obedience to him. Yeah. And I think that's a huge point. When people say, if God was real, I'd follow him. If God if God showed up to me, I would obey. If God showed up and spoke to me and told me he was God, I would... We have examples where people didn't. <laughs> they didn't do yeah. what he told them to do, even with the event that so many ask for
1: today. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. We have to realize that there's tons of examples like this I mean we continuing on with it too uh, a similar situation happened with King Solomon oh that's right yes yeah yep. and uh, God actually appeared to Solomon twice in first Kings three three through five and then first Kings nine one through eight yeah
0: God comes and he talks with Solomon he yeah he meets directly. with him and he talks to him and he says pray and ask what you want of me I mean it's, that's a pretty significant
1: event yeah yeah of course and so I'm gonna read real quick uh first Kings 11 1 through 10. Says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, uh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sid- Sidonian, and Hittite women. From the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon ha- held fast to-, to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away.
0: Hmm.
1: For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went in after Ash- Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, after and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Hmm. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not follow the Lord fully as David, his father, had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. Thus also he did for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods— Now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. There it is. There it is. And had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not observe what the Lord had commanded him. So you see it right there. Yeah. He it clearly says like God appeared to him twice, and he warned him. He said, "Look, don't associate yourselves with these women, with uh, with these women who you're trying to." be wed and like do life with because they're going to turn your heart away from other. Uh, like, from me, and yeah. you're going to focus on other gods. Well, and not only that, that's what but he in, did.
0: in Deuteronomy, it literally was written that the king wasn't supposed to multiply wives for himself yes. or marry foreigners. So he's so, disobeying God's <laughs> yeah, word that's exactly. written. He's disobeying the message. So again, you have an event of God showing up and talking to you, and you know who yeah, he is. He's not supposed to have all these wives in the first yeah. place. That's the point.
1: Yeah but, you, not, yeah, but you
0: disobey this guy who showed up to you. Exactly. So so when people say, if God was real and showed up to me and just spoke to me and said, I'm God, I'd follow him. Maybe, maybe he would. Mm -hmm. But we have examples of a lot of people not obeying him with that type of an event. So this background, again, leads us to tactic number two. When somebody brings this objection up that they would believe or follow God if he just appear and show up to them and say he's God, ask them, why do you believe that you would love God and follow after him just because you came to believe he exists? Yeah. That's not the same thing, right? That's not the same thing. I'd explain to them these scriptures and claim, you know, Israel saw Mm -hmm. him, Solomon saw him, but it didn't compel them to keep obeying him. Exactly. To keep loving him. So why do you think that you would follow and love God because you came to believe that he exists? It doesn't make mm-hmm. a lot of sense, right? And so that, that leads us to this really interesting concept in Christianity that's oftentimes referred to as the hiddenness of God. Yeah. Because God values our love and he wants us to love him, he wants us to choose to follow him, he doesn't overwhelm us with his presence, Right. He could God has in the past actually with certain people yeah well He it, could overwhelm us and just force us to submit. yeah, but and actually one day is, he's going yeah. to right every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue mm-hmm. will confess. He's going to
1: force us one day. yeah, but he isn't right now exactly why? It's because of his purpose, and that's that's the whole key, right? It's like, what is the story of God's nature? That's what yes. we have to focus on. What is his purpose, what's in his nature, and what is his will for humanity? He
0: doesn't want people who just believe he exists. Yeah. He wants people who love him. Exactly. <laughs> that's what he's after. He wants yes, love. Yes.
1: And you can't do that genuinely... Uh, with your, with his creation, he can't do that genuinely with us as his creation without limiting himself, mm-hmm. because it, it's like you said. Like obviously, with how great and powerful he is, yes, everybody would have to worship him because he would be, rea- he is reality. So it couldn't a, you deny just, it. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's the thing. And, so, that's,
0: and that's the key, though, is that his
1: presence is overwhelming. Exactly. And we yes. have examples
0: of this in Scripture.
1: Yeah, we do. Um, th- that's the thing. It's over very overwhelming. Like we see in Genesis 32, 30, uh, Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Right, as if expecting that it should <laughs> right? That's the point.
0: It was an overwhelming presence.
1: Because he was afraid. He's like, "Wow, I like I made it out of that." <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, Judges thirteen twenty two. So Manoah said to his wife, "Well, we will surely die, for we have seen God." Yeah. Right. And so that's like that's the thing. There's fear struck into the hearts of those who are in his presence. Yeah. Historically,
0: his presence is overwhelming. I, I love yes. this this passage from Exodus 34, 29 through thirty. Mm. It says, it came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand as he was coming down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with God. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. The dude's glowing. (laughs) And they're freaked out because they're like, whoa, he didn't know right? And that's why he has, he has to wear a veil over his face because it freaked people out so much. So a guy who had been in the presence of the overwhelming presence of God is glowing afterward so much that it's freaking people out. Yeah.
1: That's an overwhelming presence, right? It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's honestly shocking because w- like that's the question too. It's like, would you be able to love someone, like truly love someone, who overwhelm you with like who they are in that sense? That's a good question. I mean, like it's possible. Yeah. Like, like of course, but it's like, is it genuine or are you just loving them or loving them because so they you're, don't destroy you? Or yeah. Something? yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like you can't exactly do that. And so just because you know, someone exists, do you love them? That's the question. Like, you know, a lot of people who exist, but that does not mean that you love them. I don't love everybody that I know exists. Yeah, of course. No one does. Like, no, like no one. No one really does. And so that's the thing. You have to think about that. It's like just because you know that they exist, you d- that doesn't mean you love them. That doesn't the mean thing. you'll follow them exactly. Yeah. So it's like f- for anyone who's bringing it up and saying, "Look, if God <clears throat> reveals Himself to me and shows me that He exists, I will follow Him. I will love Him." Like, will you? Like you know, that's maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But it's not like, a for sure thing. It's not. And you can say it. Like you can say, oh, look, like, like try me, like, like really give me an opportunity to do it. But the thing is, is we see historically they all did that. They said, God, try me, like yep. sh- show me who you are. And it, it didn't happen.
0: Yep. And so, that's, yeah.
1: that's one of the things that's
0: really a powerful argument when people say that I'd believe in your God and I'd follow your God. If he just show himself to me, you can say, listen, do you want him to force you into it or do you want him to show you how good he is? Because love requires freedom. He doesn't want to just force us into it out of fear. Yeah. He wants us to choose to love him. Being
1: forced to love God isn't really loving God. Yeah. I mean, another like thing to think about with that, it's also thinking like, because like, like, ultimately, if you really drag it out and boil it down, mm-hmm. you'll see that whatever their worldview is, Probably there's a good chance that it doesn't line up with reality. So also mm. you can also, this is just a side thing too. You can even just like keep asking them questions about what they believe. If they're saying, okay, like, like give them that say, okay, fine. Let's say that <clears throat> like, yeah, if that's what it took for you to believe and it's not going to happen and you're not going to believe that's fine. But what do you believe instead? What, what's yeah. your, what's your second option to, yeah. to God? And then at, go down that road. Cause at that point you'll find like, like, probably it's not going to match up with reality. Yeah, and, and they might
0: not have seen what they're believing in exactly, in their worldview. Exactly. Yeah. They no, might not true. have
1: seen it. So that you have to be consistent about this, too. And that's actually where you uh, kind of turn the what's called the burden of proof to where mm-hmm. it's not just, because this uh, question also is charged on you when you're being asked that, if it's coming from an atheist or someone of another belief system, because mm-hmm. they're trying to get you to prove your belief system, whereas you could just turn and ask them, well, what do you believe?
0: Yeah, have you ever yeah. seen that every god doesn't to exist yeah exactly that kind
1: of exactly so uh, that's just a side point i wanted you guys to be aware of because that that probably will happen in a lot of the cases and circumstances when you talk about this with someone yep and
0: this idea too going back to love requiring freedom and can you love someone who overwhelms you with who they are, right? Um, we have stories, we, we tell stories as human beings that go against that idea, that show actually it's the opposite. Um, so the story of God is a lot like a story of a king uh, who disguises himself as a poor peasant uh, to go and woo the woman of his dreams, who's a peasant, mm-hmm. into loving him. Because if he showed up as the king, she would be forced or compelled to love him because of his authority or because of his money, Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good point. She she wants the power. She wants the money. She wants the prestige. He would never truly know if she actually loved him in that scenario. Yeah. But if she loved him when she thought he was a peasant, then he knows that she actually loves him. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. So the hiddenness of God, him not overwhelming us with who he is, but holding it back to see if we'll love him with what he reveals. Uh, This is exactly what happened. And think about this. Jesus literally shows up as a peasant. He does, yeah. I mean, that's that's who he came and was. And so those types of stories we tell all the time, there's different iterations of that idea, right? And different Mm -hmm. books have been written and movies have been written about that idea that you can't know they actually love you if you have immense power, wealth, and authority unless they don't think you have that Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, Aladdin has that dynamic. in I was right? kind of thinking he that doesn't too. know she's the princess, and she knows that that yeah. he liked her. It's prior the same. To t- that.
1: That's actually a great way to think about it. It's literally like Aladdin yep. in this case of like the hiddenness of. The royalty, right? Of like mm-hmm. to get to know the person because you think that they're a peasant just like you. Yep. So and then exactly Aladdin that, yeah. didn't
0: believe she'd actually love him unless he was a prestigious prince. Yes, exactly. It's it's uh-huh. preaching our point. That movie pushes the whole point that yes, that they can you you can know someone actually loves you when they don't overwhelm you with their presence. Yes, exactly.
1: And so I, I think it's important that we think about these things because. um you you will get this up in everyday conversation like the, yeah if, somebody will bring it up to yeah it someone sometime. will and so uh, the third tactic that we want to share with you guys is ask them can you truly love someone if they force you to love them that's the question yeah if, if an extremely rich individual came to you and told you with their their immense wealth like everything that they had and they're like hey look I Love you, right? And they uh, they ask you to be their spouse. How could you know if you actually love them, or if you were just like loving them because they're rich or they're yeah. famous? That's another thing too. Uh, like like even if uh, celebrity status, right? Yeah. Like like sometimes you could get. Like like with celebrities, like people get get starstruck starstruck by them, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this person's like really well famous and they're cool. Yeah, like a lot of people love them and they do all these crazy. Yeah, but cool they things. don't even know them. Yeah, you don't even know them. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, that that can be an issue. So it's just that's the question. It's um, how would they know which it was? Like, do you actually love them for who they are? Well, or would you e- would
0: you even know if you loved them?
1: Yeah. Right, I mean, if a rich
0: person asked you that, would you know, or would you be like, "Well, I probably, yeah, I like him, yeah, sure, of course, because I want to go on the yacht and I want to live in the mansion," you know? Yeah. And then then how would they know that you really love them? I mean, it's just it's a mess. And so this idea of overwhelm me with your presence, Mm -hmm. and then I'll follow you is just bogus because we have examples of people who didn't do it. Yep. um, And God's not after. Just um, following him in fear, that sounds more like Allah than it sounds like the God of the Bible. He wants us to actually love him for who he is. And so these are some, this is a common objection you're going to hear, but I think when you work through it and you see all of these dynamics, it's pretty easy to talk with your friends about it and go, nah, you're missing a few things about the God I believe Mm -hmm. in. So if they're going to attack the God you believe in, the God of the Bible, then they should at least know what type of being you think he is, and that he's spirit. So if yeah, he appeared yeah, to you, exactly. he'd have to be less of himself because exactly. he's manifesting himself in something that he isn't. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly.
1: Yeah. So j- just, again, just remember, always ask further clarifying questions too. That's uh, the number one apologetic go-to whenever you feel uh, lost or like you're kind of... in at- like a a cross point, just always ask questions and clarify. Ask them, do you understand the nature of God? Like, do you want to know what I think about God's nature? And like clarify these points with them. So, You can really get a long way in doing that.
0: You can. And that's why each one of these tactics is a question that you ask. Exactly. It gets them thinking. It makes them kind of ponder their position And then it also gives you time to think too. Mm -hmm. But I think these are really three good tactics when somebody brings this up to have in your back pocket, or you can bring up this podcast and listen to it again or whatever, you know, (laughs) And, uh, and be ready to give a defense for why you believe what you believe and the God of the Bible that you do believe in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Uh, As always, we are so thankful for all the support that we've been getting from you guys and um, just the growth that we've received. Uh, Please be sure you're following us on all platforms. We're very happy to add on new additions to the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Thanks so much for being with us this week on Christ, Culture, and Coffee, and we will be back next week. We'll see you guys then.
1: If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts.
0: Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our Stoneware,
1: Christ Culture, and Coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.